This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, upheaval at BART. The Bay Area's core transit system again faces a series of challenges. Homelessness, rolling out a new fleet of cars, finding a new general manager and police chief, curbing crime and fare evasion. Transportation reporter Rachel Swan joins us to talk about all of this and what riders can expect in the future from the system. That's all coming up on Fifth and Mission. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Rachel Swan, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Damian Volwa. It's exciting. Rachel uh, is our transportation reporter. Before we get started on BART, uh, Rachel, what is it like to cover transportation in the Bay Area? Um, I guess one thing that surprised me a bit about covering transportation is that it's not, I thought it was going to be um, a very boring beat that was just about infrastructure and engineering, you know, and I would constantly have to ask people what a truss was. <laughs> um, but it actually intersects a lot with housing, with income inequality, with social issues that keep welling up on our various transit systems. Um, you know, as the Bay Area turns more and more into a mega region and people are pushed out farther and farther away from job centers. Um there's just a lot more interest in transportation and um yes people care a lot yes i've noticed yes and it it just gets influenced by all these other social factors and i see you on the phone all day every day who in the world are you talking to who knows <laughs> uh <laughs> just kidding um i do talk to some engineers i have to keep the bay area has so many different agencies that don't all play well together. Um, and I'm trying my best to follow all of them or the ones that people care about. So mostly BART, mostly <laughs> Muni, but also um, occasionally I um, get get involved with SamTrans and the Valley Transportation Authority mm -hmm. now in Santa Clara. And, you know, we're doing all these different rail plans. So one of those agencies, of course, is BART, which takes up a lot of your time. Let's talk about BART. They are back in the news big time. What happened that has us talking about BART right now? It started off with fare evasion. Uh, that's been a perennial problem for BART. It's been a big public image problem. Um, 
because it ties into some of the crime that we see on BART and a lot of the homelessness that we see on BART. So BART's trying to really crack down on fare evasion. They've had um, more, they've had officers stationed in the downtown San Francisco stations, uh, police officers, as well as non-sworn fare Fair inspectors, they stand outside the gates like little sentries during rush hour every day. I see them. They do stings on trains. They're a lot more intimidating now. There's a lot of them walking through the cars. Um, so they're really trying to crack down on fare evasion. Who knows how effective it is, but they're definitely a visible presence. Also, the GM announced her resignation in a move that was a complete surprise to everybody, apparently, including the president of the board of directors, said he had no idea until he saw her eyes misting um, at the board meeting. Um, That leaves a lot of challenges for Bart. That comes on the heels of the chief announcing his resignation, the police chief announcing his resignation. Also, um, we found out that there's just been this surge of homeless people at the airport and that are coming off the end of the line BART trains and winding up in the airport terminals. So, yes, a lot of issues at BART. (laughs) Okay. So what I'd like to do is kind of walk you through all of the different challenges that face BART, which is sort of the backbone uh, transportation system we have in the Bay Area. Um, You've been covering it um, and, you know, hoping to sort of pick your brain on some of these issues so people can understand. First off, People are starting to uh, ride the new trains, the new cars. Yes. Um, where is BART with rolling out these new cars that obviously people have been looking forward to? BART is very slow. So we've known for a long time that BART, um, beginning of last year, planned to start rolling out 775 new Bombardier train cars. These are the ones with the little, are they called pew seats that everyone likes, and um, the bike racks. Um, the the little neon yellow with the computerized Siri voice. Um, they are rolling out very slowly. The last I heard, there was one on each line. So they are finally running through the Transbay tube. You can finally catch them in San Francisco. Um, occasionally, you can see two rolling along mm. on either platform. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're very slow. There's been a lot of maintenance issues with these um, train cars. Um, they keep having to go back to the shop. Bart says it's because there's a million intricate pieces of software in them that need a lot of upgrades and require a lot of preventative maintenance. But it's been slow. And, and when do we expect them to be fully fully marched out? Bart says it's going to roll out all 775 new Bombardier Fleet of the Future cars by 2022. That means 77 long trains and one itty-bitty short Fleet of the Future train within three years. We'll see. One thing that Bart has told me is that they're not going to fully pay for the train cars until all of the issues are worked out. and um, They're not going to pay Bombardier? Yes, yes. So um, so they have some kind of contract agreement that's really favorable to BART, but that doesn't mean they're going to roll out any faster. Okay. All right. Yeah. And, then, and then extensions. You recently had a big story that ran on a Sunday about the extension into the South Bay to San Jose and Santa Clara. Um, where are we at with that? And, and uh, talk to us about what you reported about the negotiation, which is still going on. Well, um, we're about 
a year late, going on two years late with that. Um, they keep saying that that the Milpitas and Berryessa stations, uh, the segment to North San Jose, is going to open by late this year. Um, a few weeks ago, everyone was saying November. Now it's pushed to December 31st. Um, BART and the Valley Transportation Authority have been haggling over um, an operations and maintenance agreement because um, Santa Clara is not part of the BART district. Santa Clara decided in the 1960s to not be part of the BART district, to not tax itself. So it had to build the station the stations itself. It has to pay BART to operate them. And they're arguing over whether Santa Clara is going to be able to do that because it has a sales tax that is going to expire by 2040. Mm. Or 20, I'm sorry, it was 2042. It's going to um, expire. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're counting on 23,000 people to ride this thing every weekday. They say fares are going to cover a lot of it. I mean, we've, you know... Basically, no transportation system in the world has like a hundred percent fare box return, you know. So they're expecting a much higher rate of return than other transportation systems get. A lot of people say that's not going to work; it's going to underperform. The way it is now, um, Santa Clara has to dip into its state transportation funds. It once the once it runs out of sales tax revenue, um, which could. You know, BART wants that as an assurance that, you know, BART's not going to be left holding the bag. But that's really could be bad for Santa Clara because it could mean taking away from Santa Clara's roads and buses. Gotcha. So, yeah, that seems to be the argument. Okay. Well, on to on to this uh, this blitz that you talked about where they're doing extra enforcement. Um, I wanted to ask you specifically about fare evasion because I know you've covered that issue. Um you recently took a trip to BART to some sort of laboratory where they're dealing with that issue. What is that? Yeah, it's okay. So BART has a headquarters right a headquarter right by um, Lake Merritt, mm-hmm. and um, on the second floor there is a um, very uh, discreet lab behind a door that you'd never know. You know, there's just like a name tag that says laboratory. And you go inside and it's all furnished to look like a BART station. So there's ad fare machines and fare gates that you can put a ticket in. And that's where they test all their equipment. So they're right now trying to build a stronger fare gate <laughs> that people can't, you know, pry open the little pie wedge things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what they're working on is is um, altering the fare gates or doing something like maybe having these little shark fin things that really? would pop up to prevent people <laughs> from vaulting over them. Um, because so they're you, so low, because they're they're so yeah, open now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so Bart, in its effort to combat fair vision, is just playing this whack-a-mole game where, you know, they're trying everything. I mean, they're doing what they call station hardening at the same time that they're having this very visible you know, officer presence to, quote unquote, change behavior. Mm. Um, so the station hardening is to make, you know, the stations look not necessarily like New York, but maybe have some plexiglass, tall gates, um, fix some of their really bad design features that, 
really encourage people not to pay, like having elevators outside where you can just turn the corner and <laughs> run away, you know, um, putting alarms on their gates. So so one of the things they're doing is they're trying to make sturdier gates. Hmm. And why are why are airport officials and and the San Francisco Police Department, which is out at the airport, why are they concerned about BART's problems enforcing fare evasion? Well, because it is widely assumed that um, the way a lot of homeless people get on to BART is by not paying. There are many ways to get on to, there are many um, routes to get on to BART by not, that don't require you to pay. Um, so a lot of homeless people wind up on the trains. We have a big regional homeless crisis. Um, it's become very visible on BART. Um, and a lot of people wind up at the end of the line stations like the airport at the end of the night. You know, they just ride the train for however many hours and forget where they are, you know, and um, they just wind up there. And then some of them wind up in the airport. And um, I from uh, Matthias Gaffney's story, um, I believe the solution now is to put them on another transit system. Just give them a Sam Trans bus pass because Sam Trans is 24 hours, (laughs) which does not make San Mateo very happy. So Yeah, and you've reported that the fare evasion issue is complicated in San Mateo County, uh, even, even more so than in San Francisco and Oakland, right? Yes, because San Mateo, like Santa Clara, is not part of the BART district. This was another district that, this was another county that voted not to be, you know, part of the quote unquote BART district when it when it formed in the 1960s. So um, BART has tracks that run through San Mateo. It has stations in San Mateo County, but it can't enforce any of its BART ordinances, the most important of which being its fair vision ordinance in San Mateo County. <laughs> so they can't ticket people. Yeah. I south mean, of San Francisco. Exactly. I mean, it's still... Yes. I mean, if, if a police officer catches someone jumping a gate, the police officer can still, um, you know, cite that person. But they can't have any of their non-sworn fair mm. inspectors citing people. And it's also going to that's also going to be a problem in Santa Clara. OK. Now, um, I also wanted to ask you about crime. That was part of the, the blitz. The extra police enforcement was to uh, continue to try to to push back on some of the crime issues that uh, we've reported on. Um, and obviously the tragic death of uh, Nia Wilson um, at an Oakland station at MacArthur. Um, where does Bart stand with that? And where is the Nia Wilson case stand? Um, Nia Wilson's family recently sued Bart, arguing that the transit agency should have blocked her killer from entering the system because he was a serial fare evader. So we'll see what Bart says and how that case turns out. Um, Bart has, I believe, declared a state of emergency for the amount of crime in its stations. I mean, it seems there's always been crime on Bart and around Bart because Bart's so big. Um, But lately there's just been this string of high-profile crimes. There have been a lot of shootings. There have been violent crimes. There have been... Um, actual killings, you know, and there's been a lot more attention paid to it, too. So BART is kind of under a microscope. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, I mean, just returning to your 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 job, your beat coverage, um, when you write about BART, um, what is the interest from readers? What do they want to know? Um, 
it seems like everybody has their own sort of Bart stories. I mean, Bart just, it, it's so big. It runs through so much of the Bay Area and so many people take it. Um, it's, um, it runs through sub- like the suburban East Bay, urban metropolitan San Francisco, all along the peninsula, you know, so it's just this massive transit system that affects so many people. Um, and it was designed just at a different time, you know, I mean, the, the engineers who designed, but just like our land use pattern was so different, you know, all the stations were in the suburbs and the idea was that everyone would drive there and then they would just take the train to work and they didn't really envision it as being this thing that people would ride to go out at night or on weekends, you know, and they didn't realize that all these people would move to the region and need to get through the Transbay tube. Um, So just the 1960s design of BART um, didn't envision the type of society we'd have in 2019 when it's just jammed and, you know, like a very visible representation of our homeless crisis. Sure, sure. (laughs) No, it's almost become like a sub-genre of social media. It's the sort of BART, you know, what what I'm seeing on BART. You know, a lot of people love it. You know, know, it's so convenient. Um, A lot of people really rely on it. Um, But also there's just a, a huge amount of frustration in terms of, you know, trying to get this thing really right. Yeah. And I mean, so many you think of it, so many people spend a big chunk chunk of their day on bar, you know, and it's where you kind of interface with the rest of society mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way. Um, so it just affects a lot of people. I mean, I guess wherever you live, the transit system that you take just becomes a very freighted symbol you know, in your daily conversation. So in New York, it's the subway and in D.C., it's the D.C. Metro. And, you know, all of us over here, like, maybe pine for the D.C. Retro and think, oh, it's such a well-functioning system compared to what we have. We have BART. But, you know, over there, they just rail against it all. So, I mean, public transit is always kind of like something that people flog and love to flog, you know. But, and rely on, yeah. Yeah, but it's just a big part of our sure. lives here. Sure. So uh, what is next for BART? Um, you know, they have to look for a, a new GM, right? Yes. What's what's next for them? What, what, what are the challenges and where do they go from here? BART's always had this tension between um, fixing its, the unglamorous duty of fixing its core system, keeping its heart and liver, you know, intact so that it can run, so that it can carry all these people. Um, the tension between that and the more glamorous, you know, the manifest destiny of, of BART, you know, ma- wanting the to extend the its airports. track. Yeah, okay. you know, people wanted it to go to Livermore and South Bay. Like San Jose was, was like the Pacific Ocean for BART. For the longest time, it wanted to conquer the South Bay. So, I mean, BART... It does have extensions planned. Um, Like there's going to be a lot of political will to always build more extensions, um, you know, and it has to kind of 
the the management of Bart has to kind of stave that off and um, focus on fixing the core, you mm. know? Also, Bart has to build a new transvape tube. It has no money to build a new transvape tube. It has to build a new transvape tube. Um, Bart is going to reach capacity in the transvape tube by 2027. Wow. Um, yeah. That is I mean, right it's probably at capacity now, but whatever Bart's definition. Yeah, anybody who stands in a line or doesn't get you know, onto a, a packed train and uh, at the MacArthur yeah. Station in the morning kind of knows... I mean, you know, look at our central Soma plan in San Francisco. It's going to add thousands more jobs, you know, not a ton of housing. I mean, more people, there's going to be more demand to get into San Francisco. Imagine if we didn't have BART, you know? Yeah, well, we saw that with the with the strike, right? Yeah. You know, what did people do? You know, people just, people worked at home. It was a crisis, you know? I mean, so people rely on it. At the same time, ironically, BART is struggling to retain its night and weekend riders because people now also have the option of the Uber pool, which is cheap, you know, and um, they don't have to deal with all the realities of BART, like homelessness and crime. So BART, you know, on the one hand, it has to compete with the private market and it also has to prepare for a potential population boom, Mm. people it has to accommodate. Wow. Well, thank you for the reassuring (laughs) news, Rachel. (laughs) Uh, No, thank you so much. Um, On that note, um, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks to our guest, Rachel Swan, who covers transportation for The Chronicle. If you want to follow her on Twitter, she's at Rachel Swan. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing the episode. And thank you for joining us. Fifth and Mission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. 